Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio, a show featuring people and companies who are making a positive contribution to the world. This show will help you learn how to apply success principles in every area of your life so that you can make the most out of your skills and talents and accomplish more of your goals. To find out more about the show, please visit www.journeytosuccessradio.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio. My name is Tom Tutal Cunningham. I'm a Napoleon Hill Foundation certified instructor and resiliency expert. And my purpose in life is to encourage people to live positively with and through the many and varied challenges of life. And you can find out more about the radio show at our website, uh, journeytosuccessradio.com, journeytosuccessradio.com. My guest today is the amazing Mark Menard, and uh, Mark has a story of adversity and challenges as well, so I'm excited to have him on the show today. Mark is a husband and father of five. Five. Oh my gosh. He is the owner and co-founder of DreamShine, which proudly serves individuals with special needs. And he's the owner and host of Elevating Beyond Podcasts. He's the published author of The Story of You, Transforming Adversity into Adventure, Taking Your Dreams to the Next Level and Beyond. He's just an ordinary dude with an extraordinary faith, believing that all things are possible. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. It's an honor to be here today. Now, uh, because my book is titled Adversity to Advantage, and yours has the word adversity in it as well, uh, I'd love to talk about that because we all face adversity, but it doesn't always uh, make us better. We can choose to make it make us better, but it doesn't always for a lot of people. So uh, let's start That's with... Right. Uh, Let's start about uh, your adversity and some of you tell your story a little bit and how you got to creating DreamShine. Now, that's an amazing organization. And uh, uh, so share your story a little bit with sure. the audience to start. Sure, sure. And yeah, I, I like that. What you just what you just said, too, is, is adversity, transforming it or e- using your limitations as weapons. There's so many different perspectives to look at all that the right way. But like you said, it all definitely starts with your mindset. And um, before I actually started DreamShine, I kind of briefly, I talk about it more in the book, but in my earlier years, I actually got into a lot of trouble and was in jail at the age of 17. And actually, really, that's where I started changing. It, I was age 17. It was right before I turned 18. So then I started going through the, the whole process at age 18 as an adult. And that's really where I had to make a serious decision about how I was going to look at adversity. And I kind of had this chip on my shoulder and victim mindset type mentality. And it was like me against the world. And I finally had to start transforming that and realize like this, (laughs) these choices that I'm making, the people I'm choosing to hang around with are exactly the results and the fruits that I'm not bearing in my life. And you you basically get what you do Mm. and it kind of, and I mean, it seems kind of like 
common sense, but at, at that time, to me, it really wasn't. And um, I know you talk a lot about Napoleon Hill because so I, I love Napoleon Hill. Um, but back at that age, I wouldn't have ever read a book like Napoleon Hill. As a matter of fact, I managed to graduate high school early without even reading a full book. <laughs> I read like the bare, yeah, I read the bare minimum for a book report so I could just answer the questions needed that, that the paper would ask. I would just find where it was in the chapter, but I never had read from cover to cover a book. And people would be like, the book's better than the movie. And I'd be like, are you crazy? <laughs> but um, <laughs> but it, so it was after, after, after the, I got, uh, you know, to, to just kind of summarize that I basically was involved with a lot of drinking, a lot of substance abuse, a lot of drug abuse, and got a DUI one night, uh, a very bad one. I was so intoxicated. Um, I don't remember any of it except waking up on the ground of a jail cell and my whole left side of my face was smashed in when I saw my mugshot appear on the screen and I realized my jaw had been broken. My left eye socket had been fractured and basically I guess I was really hungry at like 2 a.m. and went to a drive through somehow. I don't know. Thank God I didn't injure or kill anyone driving there. But I kind of just fell asleep in the drive through line. And I read this in the police report. I briskly rear-ended this guy in front of me, just a fender bender, if even. And they said I was, like, slumped over my steering wheel. And he just opened my door. He was a 35-year-old guy that had prior assaults and warrants in other states. And he just beat my face in like a punching bag. And that's that's where I get back to the whole victim mindset that I was in at the time, because I remember going through the courts and stuff and the judge said my blood alcohol was so high that I should have like legally like most people would be dead. Like that's if they saw that paper on paper, like they would figure the person was actually dead. <laughs> and so they they and then having my face bashed in and all that, I was thinking, well, they'll they'll minimize the charges. They'll feel sorry for me. <laughs> and the judge was basically like, you, yes, that other guy was wrong to do that, but you put yourself in that situation. We're giving you the full penalties of everything. So, uh... and and that's kind of where I was like, wow, okay, uh, time to stop feeling sorry for myself and. To bring it back full circle to the book, because um, this was such a pivotal change in my life. I was I moved back in with my parents, and I remember my dad had an old copy of Stephen King's Pet Cemetery, <laughs> and um, it was in the basement. You don't imagine that as like a personal transformation book, but honestly, I was just like, uh, okay, I'll try reading a chapter and see how this goes, and I couldn't put it down. And within like three days, I read that whole book. And it was from there that later on led me just to the love of knowledge, the pursuit of knowledge that led me to reading then other books like Napoleon Hill and, and so many other great ones that literally started changing my mindset. So that's that's kind of such what was a pivotal change in my life. And that's actually where I started to believe for the first time that I could go to college before that, like all my friends and stuff, they, none of them were going to college. They were, they weren't the types that, you know, mm -hmm. that's why it's so important of who you hang out with. And so to kind of flash forward from all that, 
I, I stopped hanging out with the crowds I was hanging out with. I, I changed everything. It wasn't an overnight process. It was a transition over time. Got involved in working out and stuff that helped me get away from all the substances and everything. I was 18 at this time, going on 19 and went to college. And after I graduated from college, I actually had no idea what I was going to do. <laughs> I just knew that... Uh, <laughs> I was really proud that, you know, from going to jail and that transition to me, it wasn't getting the degree was just something special to be able to prove like I could do this almost to myself, you know, right. to help boost my confidence because I don't necessarily think everyone needs to go to college, but based on what you want to do, but for my own journey, that was like a pivotal part to be able to show my confidence level. I can do this because I wasn't the straight-A student or the kid that had the photographic memory and stuff. <laughs> but um, after, after I got out, uh, I moved to – I was in Colorado. I moved to Ohio, and that's where Dreamshine kind of starts coming into play. My brother lives out in Ohio, and he's actually always been an entrepreneur. He didn't go to college. He owned uh, – worked very hard in a very successful tile company he built from the ground up. And I would just do labor with him in the summers. And um, I said, you know what? I'm thinking of going to grad school. I'm just going to come do some labor with you for tile for a while and figure it out from there. And from that, because I had my BS in psychology, my niece was actually diagnosed with autism. And I started getting more interested in the field and then got a job offer to work with individuals with special needs. And that's when I saw, at least here in the state of Ohio, that all they had was after the high school age, they had like these horrible institutionalized warehouses that had like these fluorescent lights. And all your options were is like they were given machine parts to put together or pieces of paper and crayons and told to color. And this was after high school age. And that was like mm. the only options that they had. It was that. And, and most of them couldn't they have a lot of high needs, like they need help eating, using right. the toilet, um, different things like that. So they couldn't be left home alone, you know? So the, the, they had different funding levels and it would allow them to go to places like this. And that was their only option. And although I love being in the field, I just remember thinking, this is sad, you know, at least we as adults have options. Like even if we make the wrong choices, like me, I, I went to jail. I, I could work at McDonald's. I could be unemployed. I could choose to go to college. Right. So we have choices that they really didn't. And the more I researched around the state, it, it was like those institutionalized places. That's all they had. And mm. so I got more into the field. I got into the, the group home side, which got me really more involved in leadership. And then I actually got into teaching special education. And I, I loved it. Um, I really love being in the field, but from there, our first round of students went to graduate, and that's what brought me back full circle to we started taking them on tours, kind of like you would take seniors to, to start researching colleges and stuff like that, and it brought them back to the workshops as their only option, and I'm just like this, the, out of our 22 students, I could have seen maybe two of them being okay there, and the rest just, just almost being on um, borderline abusive to what the options were. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it was really sad. 
And so I, I spent like, I said, I want to open something that's different, that's non-institutionalized. And I spent about a year, I was still working full time at teaching special education. But, you know, because I like to tell people that this is what it what it takes. Some people think like, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to start something. But uh, and I, you know, so I'm going to completely quit my job and then wonder why I go bankrupt. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and I get that there is there is a point in time where, you know, you do need to sometimes burn the ships and have no plan B. But also for me, I, I spent a year I stayed working in the school and I had to work a lot of nights, a lot of weekends to do thousands of hours of research on how to get certified and licensed as an agency. And one thing I found out, you know, and this, this applies to anyone, not just for if you want to do what I did with DreamShine, but you always look for someone that's, that's been where you want to go, you know, as a mentor. And I found another place that was on the other end of Ohio, the actually only other one that existed that was non-institutionalized. And they were on this farm and it was beautiful. And it was the, the literally the only place that had these great options and it was privately owned. And I got to know the owner. And the first thing he warned me was get ready to fight against a bunch of politics because you would like to think everyone's in this for the right reason, but it's, there's like billions of dollars of funding that comes through for uh, the way the whole, without boring everyone to death with the whole funding system, there's a lot involved with it. And basically the state and the counties owned all their own programs and they controlled all the funding. But if you were opened up as a private program, the easiest way I explain it is kind of like if you have health insurance, you can Mm -hmm. choose to go to any doctor that's on your network Right. Um, depending on which, con- which country and how that's set up, but you have that option. Well, that's the way it was for the individuals with special needs. They had kind of like an insurance coverage, and if you were a licensed agency, they could choose yours or the state one, but they legally have the choice. And I had to spend about a good year getting going through all the rules and regulations, and I was age 26 at that time. And I was just getting ready to open up. My office was in a storage shed. <laughs> we, uh, my brother had purchased actually, in addition to his tile company, an old rundown campground, which, which now is a beautiful place 10 years later. But he said, look, you can start it out here at our campground. We have this building that they were going to start catering weddings and stuff out of and fix up and, my office started out in their barn. I ran an <laughs> extension cord to my fax machine. That was before the whole scan and email attachment things were, were just getting started. <laughs> and I, I remember making our own brochures off of like a word program or something and putting them in the good old fashioned mailbox and just starting to mail them out to schools and places about what we were going to be doing. And we hadn't even officially opened yet. And I got a call high up at the state. And I never mentioned the lady's name, but she worked directly next to the governor at that time and basically said, hi, Mark, I'm so-and-so. We've heard about this DreamShine place, and I'm just calling you to tell you why you shouldn't open it. (laughs) And I was kind of speechless at first, like, how the heck did you get my number? And does this really happen? (laughs) And and uh, and she said, I just want to let you know we've been doing it this way for 45 plus years. This is the way it's always going to be. And mm. it's going to basically be impossible for you. 
<laughs> when someone tells me impossible, that she doesn't realize how much of a thank you I owe her because right. that motivated me. Even, but but you know it was intimidating. I meant, but I did say I'm like, thank you so much for your advice. Like, don't ever call me again. <laughs> Get rid of my cell phone number. Don't ever call me again. I don't know how you got it. But I got off and it, it drove me even more thinking, wow, you know, these individuals with special needs, not only do they not have a voice advocating for them, but on top of that, there's all these other politics just pushing it down more and more. And I had a lot of families that were really excited about what I was going to be doing. They had tried some of their kids who are now adults in their early 20s in those workshops, and they were so miserable they would start like having behaviors there. Uh, they would be, be digging into their skin and, and cutting themselves and coming home and screaming. And I mean, one mom was in tears. She's like, she had to quit her job and learn how to do medical billing so she could stay home with her son all day. And he's, a, he's an active young guy. So she was so happy <sighs> we'd be out on a campground. <laughs> and so to kind of flash forward to that, we, we went to, um, we were certified. We went to sign our very first client on and the mom called me crying that night and said, she talked to the superintendent who controls the funding about getting him in our program. And the superintendent told her he can't come to our so-called quote private program because no. the funding doesn't allot the hat. And I mean, she was in tears and, and I, so I was ready for this. That's where I did that year of studying all the rules and regulations and I had it ready. I was like, oh, no, rule 5123, <laughs> blah, blah. <laughs> and um, it basically says that as long as they're covered, they, they have the right to go anywhere they want. So I called the superintendent the next day. He gave me the same spiel. We've been doing this for 40-some-odd years. If it, How dare you question me? Yeah. Basically, if you have a problem, come down here. So I was there in like 15 minutes. <laughs> And I don't think he was expecting me to show up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and when I look back on it, I'm like, wow, like, I'm glad I didn't have too much time to, to overthink that. Cause I probably right. would have let my head talk. But I, I went there. I took action. I handed him a copy of the state law. I held one in my hand. I'm like, I know you've been doing this for 40 some odd years, but let's just refresh each other's memory. Basically, I gave him the benefit of the doubt. I read it out loud. It pretty much said if they don't allow him to come to our program, they would be investigated by the state. And if the, if the state didn't follow through, the state of Ohio, the entire state of Ohio, it would be investigated at the federal level. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the federal level could actually do a freeze on the billions of dollars of funding that comes through. Um, and, and I mean, it shows you that like the underdog can, can make a difference. And so literally the next day that person was signed up and enrolled as our first client at Dreamshine. And we flash forward now, it's been, uh, it's been 10 years now. We flash forward 10 years later, we now have our own two and a half acre campus that's not on my brother's campground anymore. We have our own area we purchased. We have a, a log home, a waterfront lodge that we completely adapted, all wheelchair accessible. We have a pond that's stocked with fish. We yeah. have like a whole program where we made like, um, we have an online store. We have these awesome like soy wax candles that the individuals are able to help make and, and earn actual like real paychecks plus we do ballroom dancing. We do all these awesome things in the community. Um, and I have 17 people on my team, on my staff. 
And I always let people know this. I intentionally set my company up as a for-profit and not a non-profit. And the reason why is because we already had to deal with so many politics and boards and all this other stuff. I wanted it to be my own vision to keep it that way. And I also understood because what I saw is a lot of people that were great, but they're really wishy-washy. And they didn't understand if you didn't run it good like a business, like they would go bankrupt because if you're bankrupt, you can't pay anyone on your team and you can't serve anyone. But, you know, and I've seen some people get in it for the wrong reasons. But so we, it's a full functioning business. Everything applies. And we have 17 people on our team. And now we have 40 different individuals with special needs enrolled in attending DreamShine. And we're actually at the point now where, where we're building a waiting list wow. 10 years later. Wow. Wow. An incredible story. And what, a, as you mentioned about, we have options uh, with our thoughts. You know, part of Napoleon Hill's thing is manage your thoughts. So you have 60,000 thoughts a day. And the only thing God gave you 100% control of, the only thing is your thoughts. But people with special needs don't have that gift ability that God uh, gave most of us. And so uh, if they don't have a way to change the position that they're in. And so those are really the type of people that, that God, that Jesus really wanted us to look after. People that can't look after themselves. And what an amazing story. And it must relate a lot to uh, Napoleon Hill's number one principle of success is definiteness of purpose and you know I had one written out one time that looked good you know with me with all the nice cars and fame and fortune you know, the type of one that someone would set as a purpose uh, but then someone told me that's not your purpose Tom look at what you've gone through in your life examine what God's allowed you to live through and so what I have today uh, besides that first paragraph of encourage as many people as possible to live positively with and through the many and very challenges of life, there's a whole page that I really believe if if Jesus were sitting on the other side of my desk, which would be a really great meeting for me, not so much for him, <laughs> that I, he would give me the same document that I have if I asked him, why was I created? What is my specific purpose why have i been able to go through all this adversity that i've gone through what can i do with it and so there's a real that's right there's a real power when you know that your purpose is highly likely the very exact one that god himself would give to you or tell you if you were able to ask him why you were created and so there's the definite right. purpose and then the third principle is applied faith and applied faith is faith in yourself to take action because if God told action. you if action God told you this key, is your purpose is the key word. <laughs> right. Right. If God tells you this is your purpose and you stay at home watching T V and eating chips, how Why how hasn't God answered my prayer yet? Right, people, right. Say, people people tell me I, I've prayed and prayed and prayed for this to happen, and I'm like, he did answer your prayer. He said, get off your butt and start doing. <laughs> right, right. And even you if the first thing you action. do, right, even if the first thing you do isn't the thing that gets you so passionate, you tried something, you learned something, you wouldn't have known sitting on your couch. So, action is the key, and that's faith in yourself. And so many people have 
fears like you had you know all these people telling you it can't be done you won't be able to do it uh if you're going to go through all that you better have a god-given purpose god better have told you this is it and you better do it because uh if you god told you to do it and you don't do it i wouldn't want to have that meeting at the end of life so talk about knowing your god-given purpose and and taking action just in spite of what everybody says that's right. And you're, and as you were kind of leading towards with a purpose, you know, you, the, your purpose and your, and your why are, are obviously really closely connected. And, and you mentioned fear, which is one of my other favorite things to talk about, because I, I love letting people know because they think like, okay, now 10 years later, you've gotten through this you have your, your podcast, you're speaking and all this stuff. So you don't have that I still battle fear every day. And the thing that people are like, what? And the, the thing is, I don't let it stop me from doing. Right. And, and that's, that's where courage comes in is I believe courage, you know, there's different levels of it for whatever someone's situation might be. But everyone always imagines courage is only like, you know, you're, you're William Wallace and Braveheart with a sword <laughs> and your face is painted blue, which is awesome. But, Courage sometimes is you're terrified to do this thing, but you feel your your purpose is bigger than your fear. And so then, like, I, I also I dropped speech class three times in college because I had such bad anxiety mm-hmm. and I was so terrified of it. And I'm doing spe- – I mean, I'm paid for one of the biggest speaking events to be doing this October, sponsored by Lamborghini and stuff yeah. in front of <laughs> – and it, and I every time I think about it, I almost feel like I'm going to throw up. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the thing is, is kind of like your mission of you said encouraging others. That's that's I realized what I did with inspiring others at Dreamshine and helping those that can't help themselves is I had this whole other level of transparency, transparency, and also really being able to help vision cast to help others kind of see the superpowers in their cells. And I realized it inspires them to be like, wow, this, this guy was the underdog and stuff. And he got through these things and, and he's even up here speaking right now. I'll I'll tell people when I'm speaking, like I almost threw up backstage 10 minutes ago, but (laughs) I'm here, but I'm here right now and I'm doing it. And I want that to inspire you because that's what courage is. And, And if, and it's bigger than me, I realized, when I get up and I talk, because I, I ask God about this a lot, I'm like, why have you put in my heart to all of a sudden do all this public speaking when you know <laughs> right. I'm terrified? And God's like, it, it, it's not about you. Right. It's, he's like, it, it's, it's about all, it's about the people that you reach. Right. And that's, and that's all I needed to hear. So I'm like, oh, that's right. right. So like I, Moses. I get nervous. Yeah, Exactly. You're like Moses I mean, who argued with God. Why would you choose me? I can't talk like keepers. <laughs> Go pick my brother instead. That's right. And, and you know, I love um, when you study the Bible more and more, I love it because there's so much humanity in it. Uh, almost everyone, you know, they, they continually struggled with doubts and flaws. And obviously God right. continued to use use people. And n- n- I don't think one of them was like, oh, this will be simple, guys. <laughs> right, I'd sure, love sure, to do that. Sure I'll, sure, I'll build that ark. I don't know anything. No, I don't know anything about building right. ships or 
but yeah, I'll build that giant ark, and you know, no one's <laughs> gonna call me crazy, <laughs> right? Right. Or Jonah, but who's we, like, yeah, sure, I'll go talk to those people that hate us and want to kill us, no problem. Yeah. But I mean, we, we when we read those stories in the Bible, sometimes it can feel like they're stories, and it can almost be like, well, sure, they it was easier to them because cause Moses saw the burning bush or whatever. But we don't understand. I mean, they right. still went through the same doubts on right. what we did, but they, they continued to, uh, that's the whole faith in action, like one day, one, one step at a time. And God still puts those same visions in our hearts now that he, he did all throughout the Bible. Right. It, and it's just, it's learning to continue to apply those and, you and I were kind of talking about um, pre-show, you know, about our why. And um, and as we were just mentioning fear, speaking of Napoleon Hill and other, I just want to throw this out there. I, I finished reading um, Outwitting the Devil. Oh, way. amazing book. Oh, gosh. That, yeah, it feels we creepy. Could do, we could do a whole show just on that. <laughs> right. It felt creepy, like the devil might actually say those exact words. It, you know, it's it's also empowering too to be like, oh, okay, right. that it comes in your thoughts. I mean, people imagine the devil in this red tail and pitchfork, but really, it's that little guy in your thoughts that's right. Like, who are you, you, to, who are you to think you can do this? Right. Yeah, and the more the more right. you dwell on it, the more it can take you over. So the 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 more you recognize it. Wait a second, that's that's not God talking to me. Right. God would never say, who are you to think you can do this? He, he, he might say, <laughs> this isn't following your purpose or something, but right. he would, you're not good enough for it. That's not God talking That's to you. Right. So I, 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 you know, takes a lot of ongoing practice, but you got to be aware of that. And then you and I were talking about our why, and I was saying, you know, what I haven't heard a lot of people talk about is there's different levels of your why. What I've seen happen with so many amazingly successful people is they'll hit this huge benchmark of success. Like I've had different NFL players and stuff on my show, and it was like they hit this huge level of success, but then they didn't have any more purpose after that. And it was like that, that they were only worshiping. You know, they had that vision to win the Super Bowl or something, which is great, but all their identity was wrapped up in that. And then all of a sudden – one guy I had on my show, all of a sudden, boom, his knee got totally blown out, flipped around, reversed, could never play football again. All his identity was wrapped in that. He went through a bout where he, he seriously wanted to commit suicide because he he never felt he had any other purpose than football. And, you know, God helped show him, wait a second, like, th this is just a chapter of your story. And that's what I talk about too. There's chapters of your why because people can hit a level of success and then they can just kind of skate back into mediocrity without even knowing it. And really what I've seen happen is God lets you climb a hill and then your reward is you get to climb a bigger hill <laughs> and then you get to climb a bigger mountain. And then he's not like, all right, now it's all roses and butterflies. Then you get to climb a bigger mountain. But the thing is, you're equipped with more gear for each, each mountain you conquer. Like you have a, you have more experience. You're more mm -hmm. equipped to then conquer the bigger ones. And I don't climb mountains, you know, like I just 
use that analogy because right. it's like your foundation. Cause I'm able, so when, so then from dream shine, I said, okay, I want to start bringing in other entities of revenue so I can pay everyone on my team more than just what the insurance rates are. I can right. bring this to a whole other level and people are like, you have to wait for the, the funding to change um, the insurance rates. I'm like, no, I don't. I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to write a book. And in this arena that I'm in with special needs, like people haven't really heard of podcasts or leadership movements, or they're like, what? That's, you know, once again, that's impossible. That's crazy. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was continued to be put in, in my heart that, I was being called to do these other things to help bring in these other entities of, of revenue in and stuff. And also God was really showing me like you, Tom, like I want you to reach out and empower more people around the world. Right. And I was just like, okay. So I, I started doing it, you know, one day, one step at a time. And it's, I mean, God has been orchestrating so amazingly just, just like this, us talking right now, he just keeps, as you keep following that path, he keeps bringing more people into your life. Right. But then, then I had to battle a whole other level of adversity and fears and doubts. And I was, and that's where I looked at like, this is another mountain I'm climbing. And I was able to look at everything I'd been through with dream shine and be like, you know what, if I, if I got through that, God got me through that, then he can get me through this. And that's where I say like, you're more equipped to then climb the bigger mountains because you're able to look at how you conquered the other ones in the past. Right, exactly, exactly. And that kind of led to like a, it was the same why, but it was just like amplifying or um, putting more out there. And what you're doing is so amazing because it, it gives people two things to think about that I talk about a lot is that if you have a group of people that you are passionate about serving and helping, whatever that group of people is, if you're passionate about it with your time and your money, you will then have the obligation to use all of the skills, talents, and abilities that God gave you and where he put you on earth. I'm in Canada, you're in the U.S., we're blessed people, so that we can earn as much money as we can because God knows our heart is really not in the Ferrari. It's in the being able to pour more money and time into that group of people you're helping. Uh, and That's so right. Your, your purpose or your why does not always have to be your job, but it will help you earn more money on your job because you will want to help so much that you don't want to leave any money on the table as far as the skills and talents God gave you to earn. No, and and, I, and that's such a great point to bring up because people get that whole thing twisted in the in the Bible where Jesus said to the the guy, you know, the wealthy man, if I'm drawing a blank on his name, but if you leave, you leave all your belongings and and follow me. Right. And, and the guy's like, I I can't do that. And everyone looks at that as that's him saying money's bad. What he's saying is anything you put before God. Right. So it, it, anything, whether that's my children, my wife, my if I if, and I anything you worship over God, God's like put me first. So so uh, so like you have to if God said Mark, I need you to give like all this and 
follow me, I, I would do that. But that doesn't mean God's not going to make give you 10 times more as much money in abundance by following him right. and being able to, but you, you just have, it's, it's, he does that to help us to always put him first. You know, sometimes we can get so caught up in things and I, I believe he loves us enough that he'll sometimes he'll have to take him away to right. rebuild our relationship with him. Just, just like me hitting that bottom in jail, but having money, you know, you mentioned at the beginning of the show, I, I have five kids. Right. Well, one of them's our nephew that we adopted out of a really hard, he, he was in a really, really hard situation. He, he was in a really rough environment. He was in the, the worst schools. He had a really bad speech impediment and he came to stay with us temporarily about six years ago. And had I not continued to grow my company and make more money, we, we were able to move to an area we chose that has the highest taxes in the state of Ohio because it has some of the best schools. And that created more options for them. Well, now he, we've adopted him. Six years later, he's in high school now. He, he has no speech impediment, and we had to pay for all the speech therapists. He starts on the football team. He starts on the cross team. He got like a 3.8 GPA, and he was two grade levels behind. And that's what I look at is that's that's what it's all about to me. I, I have money so I can, like, that's my why right there, you know? And right. God blesses you so you can bless others. Right. It's a it's an amazing mindset. And I think of a friend of mine, uh, Savannah Rich Mom Ross, big real estate investor in Canada. And she uh, spent uh, $10,000 a house, built a pile of houses in Cuba when she saw the poverty there. Really nice houses and uh, mm. for for Cuba and so one time she was looking for a new vehicle she was looking at a BMW SUV and uh, her sons who had built the houses with her said mom that car costs whatever it was a lot think over a hundred yeah think over a hundred thousand and they said sure. this, this other car a brand name much cheaper has everything we really need uh, and that's a $70,000 difference, and that's seven houses that we could build for those people in Cuba. And she got the cheaper vehicle, and she was like, you're totally right. Wow, I'm glad you pointed that out to me. Thank you so much. Like, it's not about having that fancy sticker. This is a perfect vehicle for what we need without having to look so fancy, and we can build seven houses out of that. And so I think God that's honors... Right. God honors that kind of thinking as opposed to, yeah, mom, you should get that and some other fancy car. And and then, you know, then usually what I've seen is, is the more value you add to the world, the more fruits and abundance that come your way. So right. I wouldn't be surprised if down the line, if she met the owner of that dealership who just <laughs> so happened to give her. So, I mean, I, I've just seen that stuff happen time and time right, again. God's right. always orchestrating and and there's nothing wrong with having a dream of wanting to have a lamborghini or something but like you said don't again don't worship that over right if what, it's cutting into your giving. what the bigger picture is right. yeah or if you haven't given exactly. a, at least a similar amount of money uh to the cost of your car in the last few years then maybe you're looking up the wrong have the wrong why or the wrong reason in mind 
And I think the more, the more we serve, the more money we give. I think God is like, okay, like just keep giving this guy money. We know he's a giver. And, you know, I think really if I were God, that's how I'd run it. And from the Bible I read, that's how it's run. And so if people can find that group of people, a group of people that they're passionately dedicated to helping with their time and money. And as you said, that means getting off your couch and don't eat those chips. Just get out and find an organization. (laughs) Serve with them. Volunteer with them. Maybe you get passionately excited. Maybe you're like... Okay, I'm on a different type of thing and then serve for them, but do something while you're thinking about who you're who you're who you're going to help. Yeah, that's a great uh, that's uh, that's a great thing to bring up. I know uh I know time's getting closer, but that's such an important point you brought up too. The whole people get so wrapped up in the how or <laughs> or how do I find my purpose? And so then and and I talk about that a lot, too, because when I was in college, I took a course that was related to business and economics, and it, it was like a, it made no sense to me. It was graphs <laughs> and charts and business plans. And I remember when I went to start Dreamshine, they're like, you have to have a full business plan. You have to – and I'm like, okay, I have a vision. I know what we want to do. I've been doing the rules, but you, you don't necessarily – you can't have a perfect plan for something that hasn't been created yet. So now I can look back and teach people how I've done it all. But if I was to say I perfectly knew how I was going to do it all along the way, I would be flat out lying. And that's where people get paralyzed is they, they'll see like a company like mine 10 years later and they'll think, well, he had it all perfectly mapped out. No, no I didn't. I, I screwed up along the way and right. I learned along the way and I adjusted accordingly. And I like I say I have like a two step business plan, like number one, stop planning and number two, start doing <laughs> and right. you'll find the how along. And then number like add one more thing in there. You'll find the how along the way. Right, right. I'm a ready uh, fire aim type person, whereas other people are ready <laughs> aim fire. I'd like to take my first step. At least I'm taking action. And then I'll learn that that was the wrong step or I should take a different step. But at least if I take one step, it's showing my whole subconscious and being that I'm committed to doing something by taking one step. And then course can right. along the way. There's a saying that goes, um, even if you're if you're running the race, even if you're going at the speed of a turtle, you're still running laps around the person that hasn't even started yet. Right, right, right. And you're serving somebody, you're doing something at least. Even if you're learning that that's not exactly what you want to do, you learn something. So, amazing. Absolutely. I shouldn't have got so far in the show without telling them your website, but Mark Menard. Oh, no worries. Everyone can spell Mark, and if you can't, uh, you need help. So Mark, M-A-R-K, and Menard. <laughs> Most people can figure that out. M-I-N-A-R-D dot net. Mark, Menard dot net. And then uh, Dreamshine. Ooh, Dreamshine, people, you want to look that one up. Uh, what is the website for that one? It, Just uh, dreamshine.co. Yeah, and if you go to the, the Mark, Menard dot net, I put the links right oh. at the top there to, to Elevating Beyond and to Dreamshine, too, so they can pop right over to uh to both of those nice nice very good so markmenard.net the story of you uh look for it on amazon uh, amazing book 
Uh, I'm looking forward to getting my copy and reading through it. And not only will the book be amazing, but think of what Mark is using this money for and the people at Dreamshine who uh, can't er increase their earning power. Uh, so buy the book for the story and the right. book, but buy the book for what you know Mark's doing with his money, which is serving uh, people that can't really change their circumstance. And if someone didn't help them, they would not have as good a life as God intended them to have. So thanks so That's much, right. Mark. Thanks for being on the show. Uh, amazing book. Keep up your... Uh, expanding that why, expanding that why. Now you're helping other people find their why and probably projects that they're going to take on like you did with Dreamshine. And by doing that, you're you're not only just pursuing your purpose of Dreamshine, you're pursuing a purpose of helping others find the own, their own Dreamshine for their life. Uh, that's uh, wonderfully said. I actually can't, I have no response to that perfectly. <laughs> Knocked that out of the park. I appreciate that. <laughs> Amen. Thanks so much for your time today, Mark. Have an amazing day and keep up uh, what you're doing. I'm sure God is smiling broadly upon you. Oh, thank you so much. It's, it's been an honor. And thank you, everyone listening to this. And just, I just love everyone. Just don't, don't give up. Don't get obsessed about the how. And just keep doing like literally one day, one step at a time. It's a lifelong journey. And like you and I were talking so much, Tom, take, take action. When you're feeling paralyzed, just start doing something, even if it's go for a walk or anything <laughs> to get your mind out of dwelling. And you can do this. If I, if I got to where I am, like through Christ, literally all things are possible. Amen. Right. Right, and if you feel this is something God wants you to do, it is possible, so get taking action. Thanks so much, Mark. Have an amazing day. Thank you for listening to this episode of Journey to Success Radio. If you or anyone you know would like to be interviewed for the show, email tom at tomtutall.com for details.